Hello, and welcome to another episode of Art and Labor. Uh, this is Lucia Love, and uh, I'm joined here by Sarah Crow. Hey. And we uh, were rudderless. OK's not here. OK's gone. OK has a job now and left us. And a gala. And, a, and is going to a gala. So basically, they're the bourgeoisie, and um, yeah. next time they come back to the pod, just... We're going to strangle them in their little vest. Yeah. Yeah. At first, we're going to ask how their champagne was. Yeah. How's your champagne? How's all your champagne? Um, <laughs> but as you can hear some giggling, we're joined by two fabulous guests who are going to tell us about um, some wild scoops happening in the world of academia. Um, do you want to yeah. uh, please introduce yourselves to the audience? <laughs> So my name is Hannah Bloom. Um, I went to Mills College in Oakland, California from 96 to 2000, graduated in 2000. Um, I met Lucia in New York, working as a ghost painter in New York. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Coon Studio. <laughs> what, what? It's hell. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. Anyway. Um, so there's just been some crazy stuff going on with Mills College and, uh, people should know about it and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to get deeper in. So deep. <laughs> deep into hell with the ghosts <laughs> that you painted, which I want to hear more about later, but I'm Danny. Um, Danica Stone and I... <laughs> Um, went to Mills with Hannah and uh, class of 2000 American studies major I feel like it's a weird thing like none of that is relevant to my life as as like a big queer marketing person who's gonna be teaching classes on recovering from trauma but also it yeah. like formed my entire soul <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's kind of the way college is, right? It's like uh, you don't use the skills that anyone teaches you, Mm -hmm. but you do learn about um, what PTSD feels like. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's useful. You need... (laughs) I've had this theory. You learn the cruelty of others and... Especially if you're in a program that has any sort of a critique basis, like a critique. (laughs) Oh my god! You know, I have a friend who went through that and has a doctorate. Even though she she went to a women's college, she went to Wellesley and then to Emory. Um, And her stories of like grad school, especially, were just like hellish, just competitive and critiques. And just like a dog eat dog, and I feel like like the whole like the essence of Mills in a weird way is like we didn't I didn't experience that like we were supposed to be building each other up and supporting each other like even in my creative writing classes we were like super constructive and like yeah that's like, awesome that's great yeah yeah, um, yeah the, only, the only time I can really think of like some intense like like personal critique happening in one of my art classes was with this girl that like 
I dated and then we stopped dating. And then afterwards, she was like, I think this is, I think we we know what this really is about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, I just don't think your painting is that good. It's not that I saw you hanging out with someone else last weekend. Yeah. So... Just this painting really reeks of you having like <laughs> passive aggressive issues. Like, <laughs> uh, I feel like these brush strokes yeah. here are really vindicative, vindictive. And yes, um, yes. you're <laughs> angry when you painted this. Yeah. yeah. We had yeah. this weird situation at school where um like the I guess my year, we were relatively nice to each other and the teachers would comment and be like, you guys need to be meaner. Oh, wow. (laughs) They were like, when I went to school here, like we ripped each other apart. They were like, this battle royale isn't working. Yeah, and it still was hard. You know, it was still like soul crushing, but it was like, you kind of were like, oh, what more do we need to do? Yeah, I I feel for, I, you know, I admit I live in Albuquerque now and we've got a bunch of, we know quite a few people who who teach at the college and university there and like the adjunct situation like it's just got to be like hunger games you know like i just i'm glad there's actual like seems like a pretty big unionization effort for colleges and universities happening all, all over the country which is good yeah and necessary yeah yeah Lucia, I know you, you like totally involved with art, art workers and museums and stuff being successful in New York. Oh, so. I'm not involved in anything, actually. I just <laughs> you just people. know people. <laughs> I just know people who know people. That's that's the New York way. I, yeah. I, I, I actually just sit in like a small uh, black box. I am inside of the black box. Yeah. And uh the information gets passed into the box. And I just yes. collate it. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Being like the um, source. But so, all right. So you both are um, Mills College alum. And it sounds like, you know, the experience that you both had was actually on the more like supportive side of things. Um, yes. Yeah. more like generative you you kind of had a positive experience and now we're coming up against uh this news that the college is basically imploding right it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah so what what kind of what brought about that um that turn of events was it something that did you notice any like cracks uh, in the structure while you were at school or is it something that is like more recent? Is this I, I, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's like the question really. I mean, we don't even know actually what's really going on. If like, um, yeah. So like w- when I went there, I didn't notice any cracks, but like, I guess the, in 1990, was it 1990 or 1991, Danny? Do you know? There was the 90. like famous Mills strike when they tried to make Mills College co-ed. It's a historic women's college, like older than Stanford, older than Berkeley, older than the state of California. Wow. Um, and 
Um, but the students went on strike, I think, and the faculty, and um, they prevented it from going co-ed in 1990. Um, and they actually created some positions in the board, board of trustees for alum, alumna, alumni representatives to prevent um, any big decision like that ever happening again. Um, but Scott. that decision happened again. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seems like um, it's, it's like these two things being announced at once that they're not going to be accepting any more students. Um, and then also it's not being, it's not accredited anymore. What? No, it's definitely <laughs> accredited. Well, no, no, like, no. Oh, that's no. what they said. They were losing their accreditation. Yeah. Yeah. Who said that? Okay. Well, I that's what it said in the article. I don't what? know. Oh, we're asking gosh. you. That's really interesting. <laughs> uh, I need to read that article because that's one I hadn't heard. And I'm not saying it's not true. Like, it could totally be true. Because uh, all I know is that last, when did they get reaccredited? Last spring? Yeah, Do I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think it was spring of 2020, like January-ish, um, or February of 2020, they got their eight-year accreditation renewed, and ah. that's one of the things people keep pointing to who I talk to, or of uh, evidence that Mills does not need to close and is not in some kind of explosive financial crisis, is that you know, they won't reaccredit you if they think you're about to close because it makes them look bad. Right. Like they look yeah. at your finances right. and stuff. Yeah. Um, and also one of the things of um, like a college not being accredited anymore is that it acts retroactively to yeah. discredit all of the previous um like diplomas that were given out from that school. Like if it's not accredited anymore, both of you didn't right. graduate from anywhere. It doesn't exist. It's just yeah. You just had a fake experience. <laughs> right. We just had like a four year blank in our, in our history as no one knows what was happening. Yeah, it's, totally it wild. it's wild. I mean, you know, I guess it doesn't, you know, it's, it's debatable now whether or not um, these sort of experiences from higher education actually do help um, in the job market or something. Mm -hmm. But I, I assume that it still is like important to feel like, the money that I paid to go somewhere went to this thing that is like ongoing and mm -hmm. yeah. matters somehow. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of places require a bachelor's degree, even for like what, even for just like entry level jobs. Right. So that, yeah. would, like, that would be a big problem for like, especially recent grads. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 that's sort of the whole thing. So like, I guess what, what was it? So in 2020, we had the global pandemic, mm -hmm. and then the president of Mills College, Beth Hillman, declared a, a crisis, an emergency. And as soon as she had become president, I don't know when that was, Danny, 2016, 2017? Yeah. Uh, they had declared a financial crisis and didn't recognize contracts with the adjunct union. And even though the staff successfully unionized in 2020, March, they still haven't, like, um, negotiated with them and so then the president announced that Mills was going to stop being a degree granting 
call institution and just become like an institute and was very vague about what that was. So then there was this big panic, like, no, 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 we don't want to be an institute. Like what's going on? And then there was a group of people who tried to um, have Mills join with the UC university college is university of California system. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe join with Berkeley and Berkeley was like, no, I mean, we like all your real estate, but. <laughs> That's what it, yeah, no. it seems like a real estate grab to me. Yes, yes. Like and then, yeah. And then afterwards, Beth was like, no, actually, we've got this great deal with Northeastern University. We're saved. It'll be co-ed, but we're saved. And um, I think a lot of people are, some people, not a lot, not the majority, but some people are relieved that it's still going to even be a college-ish, mm-hmm. I guess. But Northeastern University, I feel like, well, Danny and I were talking about this earlier. It's like the McDonald's of like higher ed. <laughs> I feel like. Oh God. It, it like Which is also a real estate business. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like they just kind of, they have all these, it's like this big conglomerate and they just kind of absorb smaller colleges around the world and then like move on to the next one. So you don't even know if like their goal is actually even teaching people. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Or some- yeah, just yeah. turning a profit, yeah. keeping doors open, uh, making money to own more doors. Yes. Yeah. Door collectors. So. And so no, I think you're of- right. It's the, they, it's not that they lost accreditation. It's what you guys are talking about where they're not going to be giving degrees anymore, which feels like, what is the (laughs) I guess the difference is what we were talking about that you can at least like use it on a resume still um but what are people going to do there if they aren't getting degrees you know yeah well now northeastern will be giving their own degrees okay yeah they're gonna say that um supposedly what they've negotiated is that it's going to be called Mills College at Northeastern University for at least 99 years. Like that's, 99. That's, that's what they, they were like, it's standard contract language. I'm like, All that's right. absurdly long. That sounds like a blood oath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. You know what? And every seven years, you must send your most beautiful daughter and son. Yeah. To- yeah. Yeah. It used to be daughter, but we added son. Yeah. Right. right. You know what's interesting? Yeah. Now that you say that, I'm like, I was like, well, when you lease land like to a developer, like solar right. companies, it's usually for like 50 or like 99 years. And I was like, well, 99 is like a standard contract lease term. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like That's completely wild. Yeah. Like it's uh, it's. 135 acres of really, really pretty, you know, green land in the middle of a major city in the Bay Area near Silicon Valley with all of these historic buildings on it, you know, from like Julia Morgan and uh, Maybach and some a bunch of other people that architects oh, would no. know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in the crisis, in the, you know, crisis, financial crisis, all those assets are listed like what was the land valued well, at? Like $200,000 or something yeah, it's ridiculous? A, it's, well, no, here's it's because they they are allowed on their taxes 
to value everything at the cost it was worth when they acquired it. So they bought that land in like, you know, a hundred and something years ago, it's worth 297,000 because that's what it was worth like a hundred years ago. (laughs) But now it would be literally billions of dollars, like literally billions. That is incredible. Really amazing. So everything is just being absorbed into a school system that has no interest in maintaining any of the kind of like um, cultural signifiers mm-hmm. that would make mills Absolutely. like unique. So it's just, it's, it's not necessarily that like um, the building will cease to exist, but that all of the intellectual personality of the community is in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's that book called? Gentrification of the mind. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Gentrification of the mind. Yeah. So by good. Sarah Schulman. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Totally classic. Makes me think of like the AIDS crisis in the eighties in New York, like all these, you know, like just like using like, um, like an epidemic or a pandemic to like further like capitalist like takeover of intellectual and cultural like communities, Mm -hmm. you know? So it like, yeah. And, and, you know, they're going to have an Institute or whatever. There's not going to probably be even be an undergraduate program anymore because all their satellite campuses are graduate programs. They'll probably be like, the place where they have their Silicon Valley tech business graduate campus, mm-hmm. which we're not even sure they actually even graduate real students from right now. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. They're <laughs> just <yeah>. graduating bots. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. They have, they have a campus in Silicon Valley and a campus in San Francisco for this. And the one in San Francisco is literally just them renting out part of a WeWork building like and they sell that to as as if it's like a a positive they're like you'll be rubbing elbows with people from the companies you want to oh, work no. with you can network i'm like yeah. what is this this is like some weird mutation on the like unpaid internship scale yes, yes. that's they're the like, model of northeastern university yeah is where like you bunch of your credits are interning so you like take on student de- it wasn't bad enough to take on student net to, to, to get a degree where you actually yeah. maybe learn critical thinking you pay yeah. to work for someone yeah. right oh now all your classes God. are for you know it's like a good trade school i guess a good expensive trade school <laughs> yeah oh, and like, like the next thing you're gonna tell me is that they're opening a company store and like <laughs> you should say grip yeah. yeah it's like oh sorry um the only way that you can get new amenities of any sort is also by going into debt nope. to the same institution like <laughs> well actually they have some program now because They've got like 19,000 students, but it's across all of their campuses. And what that's I, such a huge amount of students, right? Oh my God. And I don't even, I can't find, I haven't been able to find out how many are on site at the Boston, like actual university mm-hmm. campus. But what I've read is that now you, I think, have to 
uh, as an entering student, do your first year or two at another of their campuses. And they're like, oh, it's amazing. You can go abroad because we've got this one in London and this one in, I think, Canada and maybe one in uh, Abu Dhabi. Live life differently in Canada. Yeah. Right. And go to the doctor, see how it feels. Become cultured. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're like, you're going to love it. And I'm like, so wait, these students are. They, they have to pay for housing at your other campuses and like you're, you know, networking with like all of the companies around there to be like, here's where you can go to work out. Here's where you can go to like get your food. Here's where you can go for like healthcare. Like, and you have to go be at that campus. And if you want to come here to Boston which actually has a decent academic reputation. Like, I'm just like, what are you, what is this model? Like, what, you're, you're profiting. Boston is a weird reward. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is a weird reward. And I read that um, there are original two graduate campuses, I think were, not Boston, Chicago, and I think Charlotte, North Carolina. And the two of them together cost Northeastern three or four million dollars a year to run, which for like comparison, their revenue is a billion dollars a year. I am not exaggerating. (laughs) Literally, I think it might be 1.2 billion now. Mills's budget is like 60 million dollars a year, like 50 right now. That sounds normal. Right? Yeah. There, I'm like, so yeah. you've got these campuses that you don't know what to do with, that it doesn't cost you hardly anything to run, and you just need a steady stream of people to, like, churn through and, like, make profit by sending first years there and, like, mm-hmm. beefing up the population because you can't get grad students to stay there. I don't know. I just Or like, it's not if you, yeah. if you have... Uh, a freshman have to be somewhere else, you know, the most, the, the time at which most people drop out is after their freshman year. Mm-hmm. I know like some art schools that shall not be named needed to uh, <laughs> basically accepted a huge number more freshmen than they could actually serve at capacity. They had the capacity for in order to fund a wing of the museum they're associated with. Wow. Wow. Yeah. See, there you yeah. go. They knew a bunch of people would drop out. Yeah. It's yeah. a smart model, I guess. Like, if you want just, like, tons and tons and yeah. tons of tuition revenue, and you can get... Well, the, the thing that really bothers me, you know, like, one, we don't even know if the financial thing is accurate, because there's a bunch of lawsuits with the alumni, mm-hmm. alumni association, it's because... definitely not accurate. Members of... They, yeah, the board of trustees like mm-hmm. who were affiliated with the alums weren't given access to like financial documents so they couldn't even vote on it they didn't even necessarily even have yeah. like a real vote for it oh, so yeah. it's just a bunch of shady stuff going on that you actually have to like sue there's actual lawsuits about um so there's that but like say there isn't shady things going on in the endowment with shell corporations say that that's not happening that's definitely and there really is a problem Uh, and (laughs) no one mentioned no it doesn't why would you even think that just say that that's not happening so that's not happening um 
That's yeah. not why we have to close the school. No. But, um, yeah. you know, there's like so many too. other institutions that like make sense culturally and academically and intellectually with Mills. And like Mills kind of has marketed itself as a social justice like place. But like, um, you know, that's not going to happen once it becomes part of like Northeastern, you like doesn't share those values really at all it just wants access to silicon valley you know and like they might have like some mills institute with the really big endowment that they say isn't as big it is and like a bunch of cultural assets the art collection is like one of the biggest art and like object collections on the west coast of any college like that oh that's god. not anything no of course of course that's yeah i hadn't even considered and the, oh my god yeah all of the <laughs> assets of oh. the community are now mm-hmm. up for grabs by this other entity that is just like oh hey we could just liquidate this at auction mm-hmm. and then like buy ourselves a new VR headset and make friends with Silicon Valley next door. Like, uh, can we just send students to you to work so that they can accrue debt at our institution? And um, yeah. And then we'll all buy ourselves new uh, like hoverboards or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like the secret kind that actually works. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting that you bring up the the timing also because um it feels like, you know, so many of these moves happened during COVID where it was like, oh, well it's problematic that this institution is forming a union. Let's uh mm-hmm. furlough all those workers. Um, you know, oh, well, uh you know, isn't it weird that, you know, um like this pandemic is going on, we should keep, we should just stay closed and then maybe we'll, we'll open a new wing somewhere else. Like, uh, charge the same amount, but make you do classes online kind of thing. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, what's going on with education during this whole thing is, is so deep. Like I know, um, so many people have, uh, talked about, quitting their professorship, uh, you know, adjunct positions, et cetera. And like trying to start their own practice of like, uh, private teaching of whatever skills they know. And like, I I guess I kind of am on the wave also of just, um, but for a different reason entirely, like I, I wanted to start a DIY school uh, before the pandemic because I was rejected from grad school and also really don't like debt. Yeah. So I was starting to try to do these courses for myself because I wanted to meet more people who were interested in like, you know, staying intellectually active and um, like supporting a schedule that allows you to have that space to discuss topics in depth or whatever. But, um, you know, o- over the pandemic, it was like, I was seeing friends who were teaching at schools be like, Hey, what's up? I'm starting this school now. Um, you can like, you know, Venmo me right. for my services. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was just sort of because like everything became an online zoom experience anyway. So why not 
you know, go solo if your class is cut or something because nobody wants to sign up for a studio course in art um, when it's on Zoom. Right. So, (laughs) you know, so all these people are like, oh, fuck, my life depends on being in person and I can't access that relationship to students. So, like, uh, I guess, you know, it's time to try something new. But the way that institutions are profiting off of this is sounds like a nightmare now. Like all they care about is maybe like the building that the courses used to be in. Right. Right. And not, and not the faculty. I mean, like I remember when I was an under, like our classes were so small, like I feel like the majority of our teachers were like full on professors, you know, there was very few grad students. There's like a couple guest artist people that would come and teach some classes. But like now it's like, you know, like those, it's like, it just doesn't exist anymore practically, you know? And, um, and I think that's really like, it's dangerous for society to have a, 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 you know, where you don't have, um, academic like protection and freedom um you know and it's just like all about the money to ching ching like yeah bad (laughs) i mean it also just it has all of these other implications with it being like oh you know the history of education is so fraught with there being um this history of like not educating people who are um like assigned female at birth Mm -hmm. like and just like to have that legacy of there being institutions that are like no we believe that like if you know if society has deemed you a woman you are allowed to learn you're allowed to learn period like (laughs) and you can do that here (laughs) like yeah and that gets totally lost too yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, blowing my mind. Yeah, like, you know, during like the period of slavery, it was like s- illegal to be a black person who was literate. Yeah, you know right. that was illegal. You know, so I just, um, yeah. There's like big political implications with like education and. Um, yeah, it's and, not like, necessarily who, who being is, like directly yeah. attacked, but. Yeah, and like. And well, this, we haven't even gotten to the whole queer thing yet, but like, this is part of the other thing Let's that makes it really it disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Pandora like... sticking her fingers in the <laughs> opening slowly. <laughs> the, anyway. Um, yeah, Beth, Beth Hillman is an out lesbian. She was what, in the military for a long time? Yeah. And then went to Yale and met people who weren't in the military and was like, oh my God, I can be me. Anyway, <laughs> but like, they like found her, I guess, you know, to put no. down the school. Um, so it looks better. Um, but like the language that they're using, you know, that Mills needs to become gender inclusive. Yeah. It's like this total co-optation of our language as a way to like take a place that's has one of the highest uh, populations of students who identify as LGBTQ plus in the country. And like, and like to twist that language around to be like, but now we're gender inclusive. 
So we're going to, yeah, like it's just, yeah. Yeah. And you know, to do it like seven, no, eight years after Mills became the first women's college to openly like have an official policy to admit like trans women and, um, you know, non-binary students, which it had already been doing, but like to officially be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. the whole trend among women's colleges, and then turn around and be like, um, you know, this is bad. Actually, we we actually need to be. We need. To, oh God, I got to listen into the student town hall recently that Hillman did. Like she literally appears to have walked out of the board meeting where they voted to say, yeah, we want this northeastern crap. And into a pre-scheduled town hall meeting with the students to be like, yeah, um, Northeastern is happening. Which, yeah, she, it's so, it's so evil too, because she made, the college made a huge deal during, um, especially like the most recent hearing of the lawsuit about how, you know, they couldn't put off voting anymore because the students need to know that Mills will be there for them, you know, next year. And especially like even in just in the spring, because we could have to shut all this down right now. And we will shut this all down right now if we don't get to vote. Um, wow. Is the That is my interpretation. That is not their words. But like. <laughs> it's they, a vibe though. Right? <laughs> like they had told them that they had told them over and over, like last class will be the class of 2023. You know, if you can graduate in like two years, you can graduate from Mills College and have that on your diploma. And that's what you'll do. And to have made such a big deal about how like the students need to hear that that is happening and this money will let us do that and da 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 da. And then walk out of that vote and into the town hall and be like, we are graduating our last class next spring. Like, wow. Like, screw you, lady. <laughs> right. Well, that's. <laughs> And then the even more disgusting part was a letter that was leaked. Yeah. That what like prior to the announcement that they were going to merge with Northeastern, um, you know, or um, it wasn't no, it wasn't prior. It was after at the um, past reunion. I guess a group of some uh, alum, older, an older generation. Yeah. The with deep pockets. The class that just had the, <laughs> yeah, the deepest statistically possible pockets at yeah. this point. We're very concerned <laughs> about how many that we were on the bleeding edge, something like that, of like queer populations for any institute, like higher ed school. Gross. And that, that was yeah. probably a turnoff for all the straight girls. Bleeding like, edge. Yeah. 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 It was a marketing that, problem. You know, it made marketing, it might have made marketing and admissions hard. That's probably why admissions what? are down. According What? No. Yeah, and and also like real low-key racist too, like yeah. they you know the minority population is not in sync with the they average a- American population. And that's like a problem. Oh my god. Yeah. They were yeah. they were like, we've always fought for Mills to enroll like more students, more women of color. Um, and now that it's a majority person of color school and a majority Latino school, um, they were like, and you know, now we've done that and we think it would be better if Mills 
population reflected like the general population around it. And, Which, and Northeastern oh, can di- oh. do that by diluting that. Right? Yeah, you in know. Oakland. In Oakland. Yeah. Like, which Jeez. when I moved here was like 33% white, roughly. Like, uh, I don't think you guys This is mind-blowing. Where you were. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so yeah, Beth met, met with people who, who wrote that crap yeah. and like took money from some of them and like, yeah, so it's just who knows if similar conversations have been happening in the background before the pandemic. Yeah, you know. No, of course, yeah. But I mean, it seems like you know there must have been something kind of long term going on mm-hmm. if if there's this constant um, attention being paid to the demographics Mm -hmm. and, you know, that doesn't happen in other schools. It's just like, like, you know, I went to school of visual arts and it's like, um, an international, uh, student population and people barely check to make sure that everyone is speaking English. Like you, you pass a proficiency test and then they're like, Oh, do you, can, are you just paying the tuition? Like, okay, cool. All right, great. <laughs> like, we don't even know where you're from. And the teachers are not like, Oh, you're from here. Do you want to like, you know, let's, let's, let's look at your background and pay attention to what you need mm-hmm. or something. Like, it's all very like, Okay, cool. Yeah, you showed us you can draw. Like, uh, all right, you're in. Checks like, in the mail? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, checks in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Great. No problem. Um, doesn't matter what you do after school. Doesn't matter what you want to do in school. Yeah. Just fill those credits. Fill our pockets. Right. You're good. Um, so it just sounds really wild to hear, like, all right, so this, like, Mills is being attacked because of the haven that it has offered and because of the fact that it is accepting not only like groups of people who traditionally were unable to access um, education, but also people who are still having trouble accessing education now because of the system. Yeah. 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 It's just, I don't, it's amazing. It's, Oh, I didn't say what I was going to... I realized I didn't finish my thought about the town hall meeting. Or maybe I did. But uh, my brain will eventually circle back around. But one of the things... Maybe this is actually what I was going to say. Is this one of the questions students had had brought up because they had to put forward their questions ahead of time. Oh, cool. And they were all on mute. um, Which I was told... Yeah, love it. I, Such I, a pandemic move. Like, right? who knew before <laughs> that? Like, anyway, go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, and the provost was there to to interpret their questions for them, so that oh, yeah. they didn't actually like. Like at one point, the the provost started to read a question about the school colors and whether they would still be blue and gold, and then interrupted themselves to be like, uh, "Well, I think what." Uh, this question and a lot of them are getting at is you know the cultural uh, the culture of mills and what the whether the mills culture will still stay the same and i'm like no the, this person asked about the damn school colors 
<laughs> but you know, <laughs> which like I kind of get why, but also yeah, just say yes or no. Like, <laughs> right? They're, yeah, I mean, like the honest answer is probably like no. This will be northeastern, and they will probably use their colors, which I don't know what those are. But um, the ah oh, fuck, what am I gonna do with my car decal? Right. <laughs> I don't I mean, know. Like, who needs? Sorry, if how you, am I gonna match? Person who needed that, but you yeah, know, like. I think I feel like it's almost like it. It works really well as a test question. Like, will you oh. even? Do you even want to give us like a tiny, insignificant seeming specific? Like, can you even tell us like about the school colors, or are you just like mm-hmm. here to BS us? Which, of course, is what they were here for, but. <laughs> The, the question about the culture of Mills was like, that. Oh, it's mind-blowing to me because, like, they wanted so badly to talk about that, that the, you know, the student questions were, like, summarized as that so Hillman could talk about that. And, like, it was basically like, no, you know, like, obviously Mills, you know, culture won't be exactly the same. We're, you know, doing something new and exciting and blah, 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 blah. But like that, oh, and there was one about like whether the two cultures were like in a mesh, you know, which they are and not. Um, and it was like, well, it's really, and like, how are queer students going to do in that environment? Um and like, not to mention, like, how are students of color going to do in that? And it mills. I mean, Northeastern is very white, very, very white. That's my understanding. But like, and nobody is critiquing that. No. Though. Yeah, we're not concerned right. about that. <laughs> well, which we should we should address that. But but her answer was like um, that we wouldn't. It's good that Mills culture and demographics are so different from Northeastern that it's like so diverse and so social justice-y because we wouldn't be attractive to Northeastern. Like they wouldn't want to do this deal. Otherwise that's what they like about us, which I is basically like a, their numbers look bad and they want to throw a bunch of money at it. Right. Not the 135 acres in Silicon Valley. That has nothing to do with it. No. Well, yeah, that's definitely (laughs) irrelevant to them. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's just like amazing to me that like we're simultaneously being bought by like this university that is inherently gonna like be destroying what it supposedly loves about like the diversity and the culture and the blah blah blah, like while being demonized and blamed for that mm-hmm. because yes. yeah. Oh, you know, like Hillman apparently went on NBC and said women's colleges aren't just not a viable business model. Which, why are you here? We and why is she the, like, president of the Women's College Association or whatever she is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she has. She's oh, like vice president or whatever. Yeah. My job Mark. is pointless. <laughs> right? She's like, it's not me. I didn't tank enrollment on purpose. I didn't like oh, run this place into the ground so I could sell it. I wasn't planning to do any of that. I, uh, and uh, you know, it's 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 the co- it's the it's the people here. It's the students and, and the alums. They're the problem. This place oh, would run God. great if it were Northeastern, right? You know, it's funny. There's just a ton of like stuff that I'm hearing from you guys that um, reminds me of what happened 
at Cooper Union when oh, yeah. they decided to start. Right. So I was I graduated in 2012, which was right like when they wouldn't even say that that's what they were planning to do. But it's you know they bring in. They bring in the new president who then says, oh, actually, we've been wasting our money for years and selling off assets for years. Uh, And the problem really is like you guys weren't like donating to the school enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was also, yeah, like fun fact, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's brother was the chairman of the board of trustees (gasps) at Cooper. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. Oh, but he had no idea about what. No, he just owned the apartment. He was just like, what? Wow. But it, but it is just really fascinating how I always think about like, you know, managers and companies. They have training courses on how to shut down unionization efforts, and oh yeah, but we don't necessarily have those for us. Uh, and it's kind of the same situation. Like they're going to pull these same moves wherever they can um, because it historically works. Um, yeah, yeah. Northeastern like employs uh, some big anti-union busting law firm. I guess Jackson yeah. Lewis, you know, but Mills is like posting on their Instagram pictures with like Dolores Huerta, you know, it's not, it's not going to be social justice washing at all guys. Not at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. So whatever happened with the Cooper union thing? Cause I remember when I was there, like, weren't they trying to unionize like the whole. School? So, um, they took it to the attorney general and it is back on track to, I believe I'm, I'm pretty terrible at keeping up with it, but um, it really was like, it just kind of came down to some really obscure, uh, like there's a part in the charter of the actual school that uh, they have to stay, that the school should be free whenever it can be. Um, and the, the thing that actually made sure that they actually do it, though, is because they have they own Cooper Union owns the land that the Chrysler building is on. And uh, and so they get a ton of their funding every year from the Chrysler building renting the land that it's built on. Uh, and they were going to lose a tax cut or a tax write off that they get. They don't have to pay taxes on the income from the Chrysler building. And that became in jeopardy. Uh, if they started charging students. So that's my understanding of like kind of the legal reasons they were able to get it back. But, uh, but there was like, from what I had heard, there was obviously a difference when you had these mixed classes where, you know, uh, you would have maybe a third of the student body was fully funded and then two thirds didn't have funding on some levels. And, um, there's just like a certain kind of like there are certain ways that people feel entitled to an education when they're paying for it or when they're not paying for it, you know? So, um, yeah, anyway, to, (laughs) yeah, that makes sense. And the alums were blamed for not donating in this situation too. Mm -hmm. She, Hillman is kept saying that, Oh, you know, the reason we can't fundraise to cover, the financial gap that we can't put a number to or give you a cause for 
is because our, our, our donor base, our alum donor base can't, you know, raise that much money, which like, right. And then like part of the reason in the 1990, I've heard that the student strikers won was that the alums were like, listen, we will donate so much money if, if, if you do not go co-ed and we promise like we're going to work up to like, I think it was $750,000 in unrestricted gifts every year. And like by 2000, maybe it was 500,000, but by 2000, they were, they made like a million dollar gift to the college and apparently, oh. I just found out, like, the other night that that was just the unrestricted money. Like, they were donating, like, millions yeah. of dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, like, you guys can't just keep saying these things. Like, we have already disproven this one, okay? we've No, they always want to give you the runaround on it. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the same same thing with the 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 unions, you know, like mm-hmm. why they haven't like um, made, was it contracts with them mm-hmm. for the past couple of years, you know? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. There's, there's it's always just so many guys. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Um, the union connection is like starting to make like things happen in my brain because um, like, I didn't realize that they had been, making that connection between, you know, the declared financial emergency and, you know, oh, we can't handle you guys unionizing Mm -hmm. because they did that um, in like 2012, like in 2013, when the adjuncts were first unionizing, they, before Hillman even got there, the administration told them that uh, there was a financial crisis and that's why, like, they were pushing back against the union. Um, and the SEIU's research department got on it. And with their researcher um, put together, like, looked at Mills's financial audit from the past year and, like, wrote them a page of talking points, which I found online, um, thanks to the student newspaper, um, <laughs> which go with a campanile. The Campanile.com. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, have done amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, they they put together this thing of talking points that says the exact damn thing we've been telling the administration this whole time, which is you're saying there's a financial crisis. We don't see one in your publicly available financial records. Mm-hmm. If you want to say that, you need to give us more a reason and then you need to give us more information to like demonstrate that. Right. And I'm like, it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact thing. And then I, I ended up going back and looking at the examples they'd given, which were things like, you know, well, you the endowment grew this much over the past year, which means that you were able to invest. Like you had this much money over the past year to put in it. And you're still telling us you can't afford a union and, you know, you grew your revenue from this source, like, this much. And you did, you know, you've got more students now than you did last year and blah, 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 blah. And I went through and, like, almost all the same things are true in this situation. 
like their endowment has apparently grown 20 million, almost 20 million dollars over the past year. And Jesus, right? And I'm like, what are you (laughs) doing? And that's like all, all money that they've put into it because they're not reporting. Apparently they're not reporting the actual value of the endowment on their taxes either. They're reporting what it was worth when they made those investments, which I don't think is what they're supposed to, but I'm not a tax genius. Yeah. You know, I love white collar crime. People are so sneaky. Um, These people are sneakerific. I mean, it's one, it's almost like it's the kind of thing where like, um, sometimes I kind of admire it in the way that like, uh, I was reading about, I don't know if you remember the website Quizilla. It was like online. So I was reading about it and the guy, it was just run by like a 24 year old dude. And he was like, yeah, we kept trying to get porn off of it, but I was regularly getting outsmarted by 14 year olds who were just figuring out how to get past these. Like, (laughs) So there is something sometimes admirable about the, like, you really just have the time and tenacity for this. And I, I love thinking about like every dollar that is stolen um, <laughs> in an institutional setting it's is kind of like person. a little yeah. JPEG of porn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of lemon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Uh, we're coming up on an hour in a little bit. Uh, I don't know if there's any other... Um, branches of this sprawling story because it's covering (laughs) not only labor issues, but um, like uh, issues in the queer community, uh, issues of racism, issues of uh, just destroying working class institutions. Like it's, it's incredible how much of this, uh, move of just a few people is destroying everything around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, How would yeah. you say the the kind of community at, at large is reacting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's also, I think, really difficult, at least from my experience, it was... Uh, it was difficult to even get students who had received a free college education to say that uh, other people should also have that opportunity. Sometimes the community is not as united as as it maybe should be, I mean, especially I at the beginning. I, I yeah. think that college is kind of like that, too, yeah. because it's like, you know what? I had this weird experience there. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure if it was worth it. Yeah. I, I'm still, I'm going to take the next five to 10 years to like unpack what just happened to me. So I'm not going to necessarily like fight for this place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was also, yeah. you know, great timing and the fact that like no one was physically on campus. That makes, yes. you know, the 1990 <laughs> strike <laughs> option a lot more difficult. <laughs> Reverse. Oh. Um, that's what I was going to say but, earlier. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, maybe some people still have student loans and so they don't feel, mm-hmm. and then there's also. How can also, you donate? Yeah. If you yeah. have student loans, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. 
And then there was sort of like, it looks like the systemic, like, over a period of time, like really separating the alums from recruitment Mm -hmm. and fundraising in various ways that Mm -hmm. happened. Um, And then, you know, I think, I don't know, I I think the current students are just in shock and some of them want the deal just because they'll be able to graduate this year with whatever even if mm-hmm. the other ones who have majors who are, their majors are probably disappearing, the departments are disappearing, you know. Um, but I also feel like with, the, like, some of the union stuff, Lucia, you weren't, okay, say we didn't work at that place together, and it was some other place that. That okay. person place. Yes. Right. Imagine if you will, we worked yeah. in some place that had windows. Yes. yes. <laughs> you, if this, were you there when there was basically a sh- night shift strike? Oh my God, no! I I was always having a strike of one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean when I was there. It, they were always sort of like threatening to get rid of the night shift because we had less. Um, you were having too much fun out there. Yeah, we just yeah. had less supervision and more. Uh, too much chit chatting. Yeah, like people would like show up for their morning shift and they would see someone from the night shift like passed out in front of the building or something. <laughs> um, but you it, can't help you it, know. Yeah. Hey, listen, we were like a little bit cool. Uh, also, somebody made a miniature golf course. Oh, really? Yes, we oh, had. We I were extremely golf. cool, but yeah. also extremely tormented. Yeah. Yes. Um, but then uh, when the when the Coon Studio, like right after I left, uh, some of our friends tried to unionize and then they actually got rid of the night shift for a while. Yeah. Well, I think uh, yeah. before you were there, I was on the night shift and sort of a supervisor, sort of not, you know. Uh, you would have yeah, been yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. How do you supervise the night shift, you know? Just like, yeah. you're doing great. You're not too drunk. It's like the Planet Fitness, like the people who go there at 3 a.m., the the person at the front desk is not going to be like, hi, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So they just kept like, ex- we, did, it, we did, it wasn't a permanent thing yet. And they just kept extending the deadline. We kept being like, oh, we're just going to mm-hmm. push for this thing. Yeah, totally. But then it kept going out and we didn't get to negotiate our wages or like what this new shift would be, you know? Right. And then we didn't have a union but we all just decided to not show up to work on the same day. And suddenly there wasn't a night shift because no one showed up. And then they had to negotiate wages and like, that's how you do it. I know. And so that's why I feel like, you know, it's like, you You don't even need a union for it. Technically. You don't even need a union. Like, yeah, you should try to have one. I would, I mean, the thing about not to not to give bad advice or something, but the, the, the good thing about a union is that you have a lot of legal protections yeah, totally. and you have the support of a larger working class organization. Mm-hmm. 
And when you pay into that organization, you are supposed to receive benefits from them, although unions can be corrupt. You do still have to fight sometimes Mm -hmm. to get stuff you need from a union, but it's a little bit easier than an employer who can just like fire you. Right. Yeah. If you guys all don't show up, then yeah, it's like you were saying, it's just, there is no, okay, you're fired. Everyone. Yeah, yeah. which which was really scary, though, because at our job, they would have mass firings after every show and they would make these lists. Sometimes they would leave the lists like on the desk in the office so you could like see them. And then we would find out who was getting fired. It was like extremely psychologically fucked. Yeah. Makes perfect sense, though, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They had their ways of being completely psycho. Psycho. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you were all uh, erased from the photographs. <laughs> um, you were photoshopped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through photographs. And- yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just Jeff Koons alone in his studio. Yeah. <laughs> With a bunch of Gaussian blur around I did him. this. Yeah. I did all of this. Him doing the arms out. Yeah. yeah. I, that place was so weird. It's like such a side thing. Sometimes sometimes it seemed almost like, like because of that, you had to work really hard to get fired sometimes, though, too. Yes. It was like yes. a very yes. bizarre yeah. combination. Yeah. Of like, yeah. is this like a made for work program? Like, I, it was very yeah. strange. Yeah, it depended on who you were because yeah. there was there were so many people that it the that job was kind of like a haven for. Right. It was like, oh, definitely, some of the people here need to be here as like essential to the process. Or Nothing, just no, zero have, people yeah. are essential. It's yeah. completely, like, imagine art has been destroyed and it literally is a factory. It's literally piecework. Like, you just do your little bleep bloop thing. and You just do your Donald Duck bill. Yeah, but no, but it's all time. stencil work. Like, and, it, and even the stencils are cut by lasers. So yeah. everything is automated and you just do well, this. Yeah, I think maybe that was... The difference is because before when I was there, we didn't have the whole stencil shit. It was like you actually had to have people who were talented enough to paint that stuff. Yeah. And, and, it, so it was and a that totally was a thing. different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember I, I would go and visit you and you would be up on like the crow's nest on like <laughs> the very top floor. And I would be like in the in the stencil trenches, <laughs> just kind of like. Uh, well, if I disappear for a little while, like nobody's going to notice. So I'm going to like go talk to Hannah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and it was great because I couldn't find anyone else who had these kind of politics, really. There was like a couple of people and everyone else would be like, oh, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. They never, they'd be so excited. Like, wow, you know, like. I bet I'm you know, making it. I'm doing an art job. Like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make it. Like I'm gonna show up early. I'm gonna yes. like hang out yeah. because collectors are coming for a yeah. tour. So they I'm gonna like try to. Me. Yeah, I'm gonna be the one that I'm they see. Wear my cool outfit. Yeah, 
It's going to be great. I'm going to not wash my hair. I, no, I think it was more like, I've got a job where I have health insurance. Oh, that's yeah. true too. There was a, there was that. That does a lot. Yeah, there was a mix. Yeah, there was a mixture of like this is actually a full time job, and they give you like a metro card and stuff. If you stay yeah. long enough, you can do like the whole program, and you can get raises and stuff. Maybe. But then there was there were people that were kind of like also trying to insert themselves in videos and stuff when there would be yes. like yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh hey, what's up? We Look just Art Twenty One comes by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, and people, um, you know, they'd be like, "That's my hand that got used for the sculpture. They three D printed my hand or my vagina. Oh, Were you there vagina? for that? Oh, oh my! We can't God. even talk about that. Yeah, that's a we can talk about episode. it all. <laughs> all by itself. Yeah, it that. was. Oh my God, the Lady Gaga. Were you there for Lady Gaga? I freaking told Lauren in the office. I was like, hey, have you noticed how many like references to Jeff Koons' work is in Lady Gaga's videos? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, And then like a year later. <laughs> yeah, she was just baiting the crossover. She's like, come on, do me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was but, it was such a weird scene. Yeah, there was lots of celebrities who came through. There was lots of collectors, and yeah. then there was people who just wanted jobs, and then there was like us. Yeah, I I don't you know there's some parts that I like about it though because it was so insane. Yes, but like like it really you have the freedom to be insane too. Yes, exactly. And sometimes sleep, I was bad in the table. Yeah, yeah sometimes exactly. I was yeah. bad, but there was like a weird like. I don't know. No, it's it's like trauma bonding, but there's camaraderie yes. over. Yes. I had like my shittiest job was uh, for a sign making company and it was not like fun hand painted signs. It was like all like laser cutter, like plop, plop, plop. Oh, stickers. yeah. Well, that was like but, the maddening yeah. thing about having everything automated at this place, though, mm-hmm. is that they still require you to have like photorealistic painting skills (laughs) so it's all these like incredibly talented people shoved in a room with no windows absolutely doing the opposite of what they've been trained to do that makes sense and then you watch the delusions sort of build in people (laughs) who think like this is a stepping stone for them on their career or something and then there's like and then there is us just like hey what's up this is pretty weird (laughs) like maybe this isn't good (laughs) yeah i I don't know that's the important thing i don't know if you're with your buds yeah yeah i mean the the first couple years were a lot of fun but actually the first week i was there one of my coworkers tried to strangle another coworker. what that should have been the sign that like maybe i should leave but yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah but i feel like i don't know like, even that dynamic went all the way up, though. Because, like, even when we did, like, oh, we're just not showing up, like, oh. Oh, we I think we Danny. just lost. Yeah. We lost Danny. Uh-oh. Hmm. Well, you know, it's towards the end of the episode yeah. anyway. That works. <laughs> and we're just, yeah, Danny was like, look, I didn't work at the Coon <laughs> Studio. I don't know. I'm like, sorry. Bye. <laughs> this is, like, random. This is not what I was I'm bored. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you could finish your story, though. Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, yeah. yeah, so off the record, but, like, 
I feel like when we did that, it actually... Oh, no, we're still on the record. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, We'll turn it off in a second. Okay. Then you can... <laughs> um, no, we always talk about jobs on here, too, where I, yeah. if you felt nervous or anything. This is, like, the postscript. Yeah. But, but I feel like, honestly, it did, like, it kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. But, like, that right afterwards, Jeff actually, like, started showing at Zwerner as well as Gagosian. I feel like it was yeah. his kind of like, you know what? I'm going on strike two. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. He was inspired. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, like the like um, concentration of wealth and power, it like goes all the way up, you know, like yeah. it's not just, you know, like the art world doesn't have like royalties on shit. Like all the collectors, like, have so much oh, yeah. power compared to even like super successful rich artists that have their own companies. Mm-hmm. Like they still don't have yeah. like power in comparison to like their dealers and collectors. Totally. It's that like what I try to remind myself is, um, you know, the capitalist class is unified against us, but they're also in hyper competition with each other too. They're all like, any, there is no institution that doesn't have like pieces of it trying to kill other pieces of it. Oh yeah. You know? No. And that's the same thing with like, you know, tying it all back in. It's like these institutions that have millions of dollars of a budget or like, you know, dealing with X amount of people coming through. It doesn't mean that they're bulletproof. Yeah. It's just like mm-hmm. the system that all of us, every single one of us exist in is hyper individualized and does not uh at all reward you for collective action (laughs) in fact if you try to help someone if you like stop on the treadmill for a minute it can lead to some kind of like financial destitution like you know having and that and that's why it's so difficult to build any sort of uh, resistance movement because we're constantly facing burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, but I don't feel bad at all for people like, you know, it's like Jeff Coons always like fighting Damien Hirst. Like that was, that was one of my favorite <laughs> yeah, parts of just, working yeah. there was yeah, that he would, yeah. he would like personally complain about Damien Hirst, like as if it was, <laughs> Like the, yeah, like the the boy down the street is yeah. like he's more clever than I am. Yeah, here, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. His lemonade stand yeah. like um, got more customers that day or something. Like he had a better ruse than I. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely wonderful, delightful. I, I remember, like, I don't know. I guess this is something also I like about New York is um really puts everything in perspective you know like I remember some like some kind of like Saudi prince person who came in and this probably just like the studio probably just looked like some like funky like pawn shop or something for them like, oh yeah you like, know what this I is mean? so like, bohemian like like just like you know the like disparity in wealth even just there like you know like I don't know 
there's always yeah, and the, the studio's not even. I don't think the uh, studio's there anymore on 29th Street. Like, no, it, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because of, of the real estate. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. These artists are being gentrified out of Chelsea. And I think it's like extremely <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild to see it because like the levels of wealth. Yeah. Like you're saying, it, it just goes up and up. And we have so often just looked at like kind of where our immediate struggles are without realizing like, wow, God, there's this other stratosphere of people who look at entire nations like, Oh, what you guys are going to die. Like, okay, like uh, what does that have to do with me? Like mm -hmm. I'm getting my conflict minerals from somewhere else. Like, yep. or like, you know what? I'm just, there's other places to get oil. Like my family's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that, what is some quote? I think uh, that, that's why artists are dangerous or whatever. Where was that quote? Is because they're, oh, they're yeah, friends with they like all classes or whatever. They like, Oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I think that, I think that it still is true, even though we've sort of like, lampooned that statement on the pod it I, I think it is still like pretty interesting to consider the position of an artist when you see it you know it's an unregulated market that we enter into and there's access to so many different kinds of people and there's like potential to communicate in ways that uh, you know, traditional uh, po political mouthpieces can't do ever because, you know, you're always like in politics, you're always going to be speaking across your class, but you can like speak up to people if you're putting something in their house right. yeah. and there's always, there's like some potential there that I think, you know, we've sort of decided doesn't exist because it's <laughs> complicated. Right. Well, and that um, like wealthy people, they, they kind of crave some kind of um, flirtation with how the other half lives quite a bit. They, and art can be, yeah. I mean, that's the thing where it's like, art can be this force that does like confront someone with their own, you know, the blood on their hands, but it also can be sometimes the way to pacify. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, that like, you're providing, yeah, you're providing mm -hmm. like a safe Avenue for them to experience something. But, um, but it also is like, it's also a way to redistribute wealth. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like people don't talk about that enough. It's like, yeah. look, if you just sold a picture to somebody and then you like got your family something yeah. or like money you got your economy, community baby. something yeah. like that's great. I still think that's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely worse ways to make money. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But then there's just like so much competitive mm -hmm stuff about it like it's just it's like oh well you know that artist did this and this artist did that and they're doing you know they got this article or like their brand is over here or there and it's like 
who cares? Oh my God. Like I sold a painting and I helped my dad get like dental surgery. Like I, you know, I'm like, great. Yeah. (laughs) Like I I didn't do it any other way. Like if I was just working an hourly shift, I'd be paying my rent, but I got a little cash infusion and I gave it to someone who needed it. Like, great. (laughs) Like, Especially because artists are often people who like, I know for me, I, I've really tried to uh, make my money doing normal stuff and I'm pretty terrible at it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Raise your hand if you've ever been fired from a regular job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the exact same thing because Mills, Mills owns the art. It didn't make the art in its collection, but like, this is like, it's it's speaking to me because they, one of the things that people have kept saying to them is if there's a financial crisis, why don't you, well, I don't know, sell a painting. You've got right. all of this amazing stuff that's worth way more money than you say. And their argument was that, yeah, they could sell something, um, but probably it would just go to pay their bills. And like, oh my God, like they, I was like, huh? They're like, well, we owe the, we, you know, we have a $5 million loan that we need to pay off. So the money might go to that. I'm like, wait, why would, that, why would that be that? And then they're like, plus donors don't like it. They really get mad when you sell things that people have donated because oh, and I'm like, yeah, oh, uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. like it's bad if yeah. you like sell something that like no one even knows you have and you're not displaying it and you won't admit you have it in your collection and then the money goes to like fund the education of people who are like marginalized for like their race or their gender or both that's terrible yeah, for their orientation yeah, like, yeah. Is, yeah. so instead we're going to sell the whole collection yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> or yeah. it's like, you know, well, as as a chunk of assets, we really need to be able to to leverage the taxes mm-hmm. on it as a as yeah. a unit. So we can't get rid of anything because that's adding to our you know. Yeah. And yeah, I really you know, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on NFTs are. I mean, there's definitely mm. this huge oh, problem so of so the carbon footprint and all that stuff. But like <laughs> like Mills is right in Silicon Valley, you know, mm-hmm. like instead of they could just turn a bunch of shit into NFTs, they've got a bunch of rare stuff, you know, like I just feel, yeah, just like it's playing with fire. But if you want to just like grift a bunch of people, <laughs> oh, option, yeah, you know, that's yeah, I, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, okay, wait, I've, I've got it in perspective. Okay. Everything we do has a huge carbon footprint and this is like another thing and it just has its own carbon footprint and like, it's like, okay, what do you want? Like people were making money off of YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. YouTube has a huge carbon footprint yeah, and people were making money off of it, but now they can't make money on it anymore. And now they're making money off of JPEGs. Yeah. It, does it make sense? No. Does money make sense? No. <laughs> does any of this make No, it doesn't. They're just doing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, all true. right. Like, okay, so, you know, if they're doing it right now and that's what's going on, it's going to be dead in six months. I think mm-hmm. that's the real key now. Just make some money like, right now. You know, at, yeah. at its beginning, it's like, I think I was definitely, I'm, I'm a worrywart and was like, oh my God, this is going to be 
you know, the primary mode, it's only going to grow. And, uh, well, that's what people were saying. Yeah. yeah, They're like, Oh, this is going to be like the new way that like everybody's, uh, everybody's lease for their apartment is going to be on the blockchain and everybody's job is going to be on the blockchain. You can't even pay your rent with a credit card yet for God's sake. (laughs) I know. Very wishful thinking. Uh, but it's it's kind of and at the time, you know, when they first really started hitting the mainstream news, like, do you necessarily want to contribute to the like over evaluation of these different um, these different cryptocurrencies and stuff? But yes. Now it's kind of like everybody kind of understands that uh it's it's definitely a bubble. It's gonna pop any second and like get in while the getting's good or like Yeah. I mean that was that was the funny thing, like I mean, going back to the Coon studio, like I was on the night shift and at at one point I just started running the laser cutters because I realized I could like use the computers then. Yes. And then I just started doing bitcoins. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm not paying for the electricity here. And this is like good internet. Like, yeah. I'm going to just do bitcoins totally, all night. Totally like, off topic, but somewhat related. I cat sat for a friend once and uh, he was like, the, the guy was like, you know, it gets really drafty up on this second floor here. But if you're cold, you should go into the room that has a computer because we're mining bitcoins on it. It's so hot; <laughs> it heats up the area. Yeah, that's like, amazing. Great. Yeah, okay. Wow. <laughs> and that was in like 2016, so something. So it was a little ahead of uh, one of the spikes. But yeah. It's hilarious. Just like Mills has a lot of computers. A lot of computers. I feel like you were part of the like computer Dungeons and Dragons like <laughs> crew. <laughs> we we never and I'm played surprised Dungeons none of you were like Huh? We never played Dungeons and Dragons. We just stayed up <laughs> until like the crew, like li- we stayed up all night in the computer labs, just like surfing the late '90s web and being like, "Oh, oh. like every so often, someone's just like, whoa, look what I found! Oh my god!" And like, uh, nice. yeah, you, you, I, land party, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like the crew team would leave for like crew practice at like I don't know five in the damn morning. And I re- like frequently, not maybe not, probably frequently, like saw them leave and was like, I need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad sign. Awesome. Yeah, but that that was like your whole crew, and I'm I was yeah. like even before this like crisis, where I was like mad that like there wasn't like a bigger connection to Silicon Valley. Even back then, like all, all we got yeah. was like really expensive apartments out of it, and like, right. you know, and only the backlash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess there's some people like Charles or whatever. I guess he's a computer person in London or something. But well, would you oh, no. say that the like the Silicon Valley? Because I really don't know much about the West Coast, but would you say that like Mills was part of what attracted? Silicon Valley types to the area or cause that's what I kind of always am one like 
I'm also from Austin, which is another place that was kind of like cool, funky, hip, and therefore attracted a ton mm -hmm. of like tech people. And now it's also impossible to live there. But, um, which is strange because you, if they are, if they were going there because of the culture, then they just like evaporated it. <laughs> like, I feel like maybe the case. first generation of tech, yeah. you know, we're into it. Yeah, I feel like, right? Like, that's like Steve Jobs or whatever, like, yeah, like hippie kind of stuff. But then I feel like the Zuckerberg era, era is more like the white nationalist. Yeah, the true oh, reptilian. Yeah. yeah. We should talk about that uh, mutation in our group. In the, in the DIY school uh, that's attached to the podcast now called Constructing the Real. Um, check it out constructingthereal.com constructingthereal.com um, yeah uh, our friend Nick made a syllabus that uh, covers how uh, California ideology came about so we're like studying that now in relationship to the neo-Luddite movement yeah. hmm. so like yeah, like what our relationship should be to machines and like how is automation taking over our lives? Like how can we push back on it? We're just like going uh, from subject to subject like, oh, what's this aspect? What's that aspect? It's pretty cool. If you all want to join, you are welcome to, Aww. even though it's in the middle of the course. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Awesome. It sounds interesting. <laughs> California ideology. Hmm. It's, I've been having trouble describing it to people and I've kind of settled on like, you know, technology and capitalism. No, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're having the big talk about it all. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, all right, we just have like a, a nice little a little postscript there. Okay. I guess maybe any any final words are you all working on anything that you want to plug or do you have any social media handles or anything that you want to drop uh so people can follow you or anything like that <laughs> okay, <I do. laughs> um it's not up yet but i bet it'll be up by the time this goes up if you go to fight the number four mills com fightformills.com oh, yeah. hopefully um there's gonna be that we're gonna do a big freaking fundraiser and um put up a business plan and do like a mm -hmm. real real big group effort any any minute now to buy cool. mills and, to buy um, mills back. Yeah. Wow. We need to yeah. Yeah. buy mills because these people, like there is no way out without getting rid of Hillman and the administration and the board. And right. yeah. actually, I mean, it, it's possible. I'll say like we, you know, the, the Cooper people who were involved um, more with, with that, uh, they were able to get the, the president uh, expunged. Right. It is possible, but yes, buy mills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, send us information. Uh, you know, anything we can put on our Twitter, yeah. or you know, yeah. we'll definitely put that out there. There's that, and uh, and there's there's a Save Mills College Coalition 
Com right now. They're doing, I think, mostly like legal stuff to help the alumni associate alumna association of Mills College um, with their legal fights. And then if anyone wants to write the governor of California or the attorney general (laughs) and say, hey, it's not not over till it's over. Hell yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Anybody can write a letter. That's nothing. It's harder to buy a school, but you know, you can write a letter. Come on now. Yeah. We'll put up the address for people to write to or, or maybe some talking points. Yeah. We can organize the world. Yeah. Yes. And why then, not? And then why there's not? also the Mills uh, unions too. It's the yeah. Mills staff. Do they have union. like Twitters or? They do. I can send yeah. those. Send those. Yeah, yeah, we'll put them all in the show yeah. notes so people can like yeah. get in touch and get involved. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My personal project. This is my personal project. But when I'm not yelling about mills, I'm at powerfullyvulnerable.com. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. I feel that. That resonates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so great cool well thank you thank you both this story has been really incredible thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having us it's pretty sprawling and but oh that's that's how it is yeah that's how we do (laughs) edit it to make something (laughs) oh it's good it's good this is like right right in our vein (laughs) yeah all right Right, but thank cool. you guys for yeah. coming on. Thank um, you. Learning about Mills College was really great. Um, yeah. I think it's, it is like telling that, you know, we have these even beyond like, like you were talking about Hannah, like it's not just uh, school to school relations. It's like the, the real intersection of like, sorry, I'm not doing this right. But uh the skills that you learn in labor organizing are applicable everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. 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 That's part of the beauty well, of, of having a union too, is if you're part of a union, you can get training in yep. labor organizing and get like the knowledge and the wisdom. And it really, I agree. It totally applies to just life. Mm-hmm. Well, with that beautiful sentiment, everybody, uh, join a union, make a union, Mm -hmm. fight for uh, education, uh, and uh, let's have fun. Mills College. Oh, yeah, Yeah. Mills College. Let's have fun. 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 Lots of fun. Let's have fun.